Hi there, and welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. And uh, so we are now through the first weekend of the season. And uh, as far as the baseball has been concerned, it's been a mixed bag as far as the COVID protocols and you know everything that goes along with that. It's also been a mixed bag. Yeah, I think it's been... So it's been a very newsworthy week, first of all. I mean, opening day will do that. But also, it's not just opening day. It's It's also, you know, the new expanded playoffs. And then, you know, before opening day, Juan Soto getting COVID positive, which, you know. Testing positive. Testing positive. We still don't know if he actually has COVID. Yeah, I don't think he does, based off nothing besides my hunch. Well, I mean, it it just. My gumshoe hunch. He was quarantined for 14 days. He comes back for six days, allegedly having been nowhere but the ballpark in his apartment. It's not a magic disease. You get it from somewhere, and I don't know where he would have gotten it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, opening day, uh, you know, we're three days in, and there looks like there might be an outbreak in Marlins camp. Uh, so, yeah, so how do you feel about Outbreak in Marlins camp, Mike Moustakis came down oh, yeah. feeling after, sick today. After Matt Davidson was put on the COVID IL right. yesterday after playing opening day. And then Tyler Flowers and Tra- Travis Darno both had symptoms, although they never tested positive. Neither did Moustakis, by the way. Mm. Uh, and, you know, one of the managers said uh, a couple days ago that basically, oh no, it was, uh, it was a player, it was Freddie Freeman. Uh, who said, basically, in the year of COVID, there are no sniffles. There are no flu-like symptoms. If you're not feeling well, you don't show up to the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, and, I don't know. Uh, in terms of the actual baseball, it's been sloppy. It's been dinger-heavy. The pitchers haven't gone very long. And I'm going to say it, it's been fun as hell. Yeah, it's baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it feels so good to have the sport back. And even though it's like, the games are just longer because you're making so many pitching changes. And it, yeah, you said sloppy. It's still enjoyable because it matters. And I mean, it matters to an extent. It matters to how much you want it to matter. And I think all the new changes to the season, I kind of like it because it makes it gimmicky, which makes it the season because the season's already kind of gimmicky with a 60-game season. I think the extra inning rule, I, I thought I was going to hate it. I really liked it. I thought this extra inning rule was going to be sack bunt, sack fly fest. But it turns out it's very similar to kind of the thought process of college football, where you could you know, score the touchdown, go for the big points, or go play it safe and take the field goal. And that's the field goal is the sack bunt, sack fly. And we saw that with the Royals-Indians game, where the Royals sack bunt, sack fly, and that ended up helping them win. But I think that's the only game we've seen that in so far. And if you're the road team, you set the, the what you want. If you want to go for one run, you can try that and then have the other team counter immediately in the bottom of the inning. Or you push the envelope and push it. And if that backfires, then the home team can also just sack punt, sack fly. It's like, it's like running on second down in the, uh, the college football playoffs. Are you going to be aggressive and try and score multiple runs? Or are you going to avoid... Uh, I guess the turnover and just settle for the one run, mm-hmm. uh, which you know the bunt uh, sack fly. So it has uh, strategy to it. Uh, it. It has successfully ended ball games in the tenth inning in every uh, situation that it's been tried in. 
so far. Uh, I can't imagine that's always going to be true. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're still going to get some games that, that go multiple innings or extra innings. Uh, yeah, I even minded it. Yeah. Uh, it's not my preferred uh, sudden death style situation. Frankly, what I would like to see with a weird season like this one is two extra innings and then a home run derby. Yeah, but the problem with the home run derby is you're going to have guys already gassed from playing a baseball game. And then you're going to have them, you know, in a, in a season where they didn't get to fully warm up and everything. You're putting on extra risk for injury. Nobody gets hurt playing home run derby. What, what are you talking about? Todd, didn't Todd Frazier get hurt doing it when he won? No. I, it just doesn't happen. It's a myth. Uh, and it, it would be like one swing. It would be like one a swing. penalty shootout. I don't know. I think I like this. I like this. I think this is better than a home run derby. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worked fine, and it, the benefit to it is that it resembles baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly better than ending games and ties, which I know there were a lot of purists out there who said, I'd rather see a games end in ties. I think you said that. I think I may have said that at one point, uh, but I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm a big enough man to admit when I was wrong. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, John. Uh, in terms of the Nationals, who did play this week, they played three games uh, against the Yankees. Uh, it was, for the first two days, one calamity after another. Uh, they lost Juan Soto about four hours before first pitch in the season. Uh, then on Saturday, they lost Steven Strasburg to a, a nerve issue in his hand. Seems like he'll be okay. Uh, they took one of three, uh, including the game started by Strasbourg's replacement, Eric Fetty, who did a, an excellent job. Fetty, I, I think I, I've, I've been blown for the last year and change of Fetty. I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do in terms of, you know, stepping, he, as he said yesterday, this is kind of my my role now is just kind of guy who comes in on a pinch. And in and, a COVID season where you could lose anyone at the drop of a hat, uh, he's going to be used a lot. In yeah. That role. I think yesterday's performance was phenomenal, not just because he gave you four innings of two-run ball against a really good lineup, but also because he made five outs worth of innings with all the errors. Yeah, that was really impressive. The way that he had two errors behind him in the first inning and managed to get Giancarlo Stanton, who has killed the Nats, or killed the Nats. Well, he's killed the Nats historically. He killed the Nats this series, this series as well. He managed to get him into a double play. And the only mistake he made the entire game was the really. Stan Homer. Yeah, which was the farthest ball that's ever been hit at Nationals Park. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. I thought the Domingo Santana one from, nope. I guess. That was nine feet farther, 482 feet, 121 miles an hour off the bat. Now, granted, uh, StatCast has seemed a little wonky in the first couple of games. I think, uh, they, have, I think they just have fewer people on the ground. I think they, cha- they changed over the system. Also, yeah, they no longer on Amazon Web Service. They're now on. No, um, that's, that's just the sponsor no i think the web service was also the provider well no no, no. The, the, they have changed to a track man based uh ball uh not track man uh hawkeye or track i don't know uh not my area of expertise but they have anyway the point of the, the stack has changed sure stack has changed but that ball was i, I believe 121 miles an hour yeah that was that. a laser that was right. crushed he hits the ball very hard and i think your prediction of him leading the league in homers will might be right so obviously the big thing that's changed uh so i was going to say one out of three against the yankees in you know at a time when you lost one so it didn't have the middle of your order uh so it was essentially the entire middle of the order uh and 
off Strasburg for the series, winning that game against the Yankees, I think is is a good result. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's I mean, game one, um, I mean Scherzer had a strikeout stuff for sure. Yeah. He got hit around a little bit, but it's a good lineup. Um, the velocity was there. In the first inning, I think he was just. That. I think it's the over amp Scherzer performance. He was throwing too hard. I think he was just trying to amp himself up a little bit too much because no crowd and opening night, right. and he just kind of amped himself up. I mean, he had still struck out eleven and five and a third, but it looked like one of those you know playoff type performances from Scherzer, where he's just too over amped and throwing the ball it a little was too just hard. The first inning after that, it yeah. was just you got to give credit to the Yankees lineup yeah. for doing some pretty impressive things. It's mm-hmm. it's a really good lineup. Yeah, and then Cole shut us down because Garrett Cole's very good. Right. I mean. Um, the, the second game, the fact that the Nats managed to win that second game, put together some really great at-bats against James Paxton, whose velocity was down, which is a trend, uh, a concerning one for, I mean, it, you're seeing it a lot around baseball from guys who didn't really have spring trainings, who basically, you know, threw maybe three abbreviated starts before they, uh, you know, had to go full bore. Like you saw today, you had Justin Verlander, uh, you know, initial reports were that he was missing the rest of the season. Uh, it turns out that's not true. He's got a forearm strain. He's going to be shut down for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks in this season is a quarter of the season. So, uh, but with a 16-team playoff. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I think, I mean, we can talk about the 16. We haven't really talked about that yet, the playoff yet. No, because we didn't know it was happening last I mean, week. Yeah, so I think I mean for the, I don't I don't think it's here. To, a lot of people are saying it's here to stay. I really I don't think they're making this rule change this late for a rule that's going to stay forever. I think they just I think it's the perfect rule for this season because if you lose a guy like Soto to a COVID test, you know your star player, it's not going to ruin your season and keep you out of the playoffs in such a season where you know there's so much. Uncertain. And by the same token, you know, if you manage to stay healthy for the whole year or whatever's left of it, uh, you're not going to get an unfair advantage. You know, there, yeah. there was that uh, conversation that AJ Hinch had a couple of weeks before the season where he said that AJ Hinch, Hinch. Uh, who's which team? I thought it was the Astros manager. Well, it's Dusty Baker. It wasn't Dusty Baker, it was a white guy. Tori uh, Lovello? No. Uh, some manager, uh, I could have sworn it was. It may have been James Click. It was James Click. I knew it was a white guy. It was associated with the Astros. Uh, yeah. So James Click, the Astros GM. Because Hinch uh, is not the manager anymore. No, he's not, because somehow he he let evil occur or whatever. Sure. Had nothing to do with it. Neither did Jim Crane. Uh, God, I feel so bad that no one's going to get a chance to boo the Astros no, this year. No. Unfortunate. But uh, anyway, Jim Crane came, or not Jim Crane, James Quick came out and said uh, the person who, or the, the team that stays healthiest is going to be the team that wins it all. Obviously, you know, it's very unfortunate for teams like the Dodgers or Yankees, who are extremely well constructed, uh, to basically be on even footing with whatever fluke team wins maybe 30 games this year. Uh, and manages to, to make the playoffs. Uh, but at the same time, it really doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's a 60-game season. You can put as much legitimacy into it as you want. Uh, I am concerned with it sticking around, I think, more so than you are. 
because this is something that baseball wanted, that teams realize is in their best interest because you get revenue on the front end from the extra playoff games and it is a strong revenue suppressor because teams, it, it, it basically renders trying to be a super team or trying to improve your team really not, you know, there, there's really less of a purpose. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's just going to be unilaterally enforced now for the 2021 season and beyond. I don't know. I think that the, I the think... Players Association was really willing to give in on this for two years uh, before. I mean, they used it as leverage, but they didn't seem to understand that they were holding a gun to their own heads, uh, which was concerning to me because this in a system like the one that we have where there isn't really a salary floor uh, where teams don't feel any pressure to spend money, save however it can uh, you know, bring I guess I, I wouldn't just say uh, success on the field, but that's a big thing uh, where there is no, there's no mechanism to make teams spend money and they spend based on whether or not they want to compete. Expanded playoffs create an extraordinary, not disincentive, but lack of incentive to spend money. And that's really bad for players. And, and not to mention that in the normal season, if you play 162 games, I just I don't see a point in having 16 teams make the playoffs. And baseball, more than any other sport, does the best job of weeding out the wheat from the chaff in the regular season. Uh, I just, and, and it's also got uh, behind hockey the second most variable playoff structure, just because the way the sport is. I mean, just to give you an example, last year, and they're talking about having all of the playoff series for the higher seeds be all three games at the higher seeds home park. Last year, the 114 lost Tigers beat the 103 win. Yankees in their series at Yankee Stadium. So it's just to have anything come down to three games is insane. But I think for this season, I have no problem with it. I just really don't want to see it end up becoming a permanent thing. Yeah, I agree. And I was listening to uh, the SMY broadcast on opening day and they were talking about it. And I mean, it seemed just like I mean, none of the former players like it. I just kind of hard to, I mean, they're the former players like anything, though. Right. Um, but I, I just really, I think there are some players who want it around, and maybe those are the most vocal guys. And I mean, those are the guys who get the way they want anyway, the guys who want the money. Um, but I, I, I just really don't think it'll, I think they'll do it for this year, and they'll see kind of how silly it might be, maybe. Like, when the Dodgers lose to, I don't know, the Padres in the three-game series, maybe they'll see how silly it is. But I don't know. I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll stick around. We'll see. Uh, and one other thing I have to say, as someone who was ambivalent about the DH, uh, not I, I'm not I wasn't anti DH, but I was ambivalent about it because you know I had a lot of fond memories of pitchers doing things. Through these three games, I have not missed pitchers hitting even a little bit. Yeah, same. It's just you know for all the times that something fun happens when a pitcher hits, there are a hundred more where 
you know, it's miserable and no fun at all. Uh, where you've got runners on second and third with the eight hitter coming up, they walk the eight hitter, and the pitcher strikes out. Yeah, the game is just a lot smoother with the DH. And, I, and there has been, I think it's partially because of the 30 man rosters, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot more, you know, things happening in the games. Like, you know, pinch running, pinch hitting. You know, I was, again, I was watching the Braves opening day, Braves Mets opening day, and their snicker made a bunch of, you know, substitutions, been ending and stuff like that. So there still are pieces to put in place and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I kind of like the DH uh, in the NL. I think it just makes the game better. Yeah. Uh, you can you can do the whole slippery slope. Like, how far does it go? Do you want to see nine fielders and nine hitters? Yes. But that's incredibly stupid. Come on, everyone knows the pitchers can't hit, and it's mm-hmm. only gotten worse since the 1950s. Pitchers just they don't, don't bring focus much. on it. Yeah. Right. They don't. They're not paid to hit, but they don't. You know, they don't bring much to the table offensively. Uh, there are a few who do, but you know that's the anomaly. Right. Uh, and you know, I always have those fond memories of Steven Strasburg hitting homers or Bartolo Colon homer. Or whatever, but I think it's pretty clear that I'm not going to miss pitchers hitting too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So the last homer by Nat pitcher was Steven Strasburg last so, uh, last summer against the Braves. That's right. Yeah. And that'll be the last one ever, unless Max Scherzer forces his way in mm-hmm. to a game to hit or steal a base. Yep. He might do that. Yep. Uh, I mean, in terms of the baseball action that we saw. As, as far as the Nats go, the Nats blew a game that they probably should have won today. Uh, they, I think their biggest concern, I was very impressed with the, the front of the Nationals bullpen. Yeah, the, B, the B bullpen. The A bullpen looked really shaky. Yeah. I'm really concerned with Doolittle. He's it's, my biggest concern. Well, his velocity was 88 in the spring training games, the mm-hmm. summer camp games. It was up to 92 today. Uh, but it didn't seem to have very much life on it, and it seemed like he was overthrowing to be able to even pump up to 92. Uh, I mean, it's been a couple of years of decline of his stuff now. Uh, he managed to work through it and managed to pop back in, uh, in the fall of 2019 playoffs. problem is that this extended layoff and then the extremely brief uh summer camp is going to affect different players different ways mm-hmm. and i mean you just you don't know what to expect like it was clear that the front of the max bullpen the b bullpen seemed to have their very good stuff but uh the back end will harris couldn't really locate today and he's a finesse guy he needs to locate and Doolittle didn't have much of anything yeah so at this point, you you just don't know what you have. Yeah. From any player. I will say this: my prediction is that Tanner Rainey will be our closer by the end of the year. He's looked very good. He's throwing strikes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this is the kind of season, or I, I shouldn't even make it sound like that because we've never had a season like this. But you, you just you don't know what you have from any player at this point. There's so many variables. You don't know. Who's going to get COVID? You don't know who's going to adjust to the shortened schedule well. Uh, I will say that Victor Robles looked really great yesterday. Yeah. It's one game. Uh, he had a, he's had really good at-bats. He knows that. Really that's that's the biggest thing with him is his at-bats, his plate discipline, because he strikes out too much. And so far in three games, 
against two really good pitchers and Cole and Paxton, he hasn't looked overmatched. Nope. Uh, so. And then obviously the other thing that happened today was uh, the Mets had tough strikeouts in the eighth with runners in second and third from the middle of their order. I just did middle in air quotes. Uh, Starling Castro and Eric Thames. Starling Castro should not be hitting third even in this lineup. Uh, no, I'm. I was. I was shocked that the uh, the Yankees intentionally walked Howie Kendrick twice today to get the fans. It worked both with, times with right-handed pitchers. On yeah, that. Um, it worked. I mean, I would have done. I mean, I don't know if I would have done that. I would but, have done that. Um, I mean, I would love. And this was not going to happen. But I love Trey Turner hitting third. I love that idea. I love Robles, Eaton, Turner, Soto, Kendrick as your top five. I would rather have Soto hitting second. I think that you go Turner, Soto, Kendrick, Thames, and then on down. Uh, I think I, – I love Eaton in the two-hole. I yeah. think he, he's such a good two-hole hitter. He knows that role. He sees counts. He, he takes long counts. He puts the ball in play a lot. I think for a guy – like I, I, he, there was an event today where Turner was stealing and he hits the ball opposite field, hits the third baseman, but it just shows he's going the opposite way because he knew there was going to be a hole right. on the left side. He's just such great bat control. Eaton does. So the question is, are you more attached to Turner leading off or Eaton in the two hole? Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear that Starlin Castro should not be hitting third, and I think it's very odd that that they've decided on that. But obviously, I mean, at this point, you don't know when you're getting Soto back. Uh, I would think soon. I mean, it could be as soon as tomorrow. It's very odd that he's been tested. He's supposed to be tested daily according to protocols. And the Nats have not gotten a, an official MLB lab confirmed test back since he's tested positive. Yeah. You would think that they would rush those. For this, uh, one of the biggest stars in the game. Right. Yeah, you'd think. But we're not Major League Baseball. We're just two guys talking about it. Yep. Uh, just the, the last point, I think we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but how are you feeling about baseball? I'm feeling about the same, honestly. I mean, we'll see how this Merlin stuff goes, and that's the biggest thing right now, yep. I think, to how this works, is whether they're able to, you know, nip this in the bud. Um, so I think that's just the most important part right now is, is figuring out this Marlins thing. But besides that, I mean, we haven't really seen, you know, an, a great spike in cases from other teams yet. Um, I, I think you're going to start seeing more this week if if it's going to happen. You know, now the travel is starting to get more regular. Right. And now people are going to different cities. People are going to Miami. You know, people are leaving Tampa, that stuff. So I think this is kind of the week where you'll kind of see if this is all, if this is all possible. I think there's nothing stopping this train at this point. Yeah, I think it was, I thought if it once you get to opening day, it's happening. Yeah, I think that maybe what will happen rather than canceling the season, is they will find a way to make it work. They'll transition if they have to to a more bubble-type situation where they maybe make you know multiple pods or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to make this work, you have to be flexible. Yeah. Uh, the, problem, is, the problem with the f- pods, though, is the places you put pods are the places that are being hit hardest. I guess. That's true. I mean, yeah, and you can't really abandon the schedule you have at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that concerned me most about flexibility is how unwilling baseball seemed to be to uh, move the Blue Jays to, to Buffalo to the point where they explored multiple other scenarios. Worse scenarios. If, you, if you're if you going to make this work, 
if you're going to be able to complete the season no matter what, you've got to be able to sort of, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of stadiums, baseball stadiums throughout the country. You've got to be flexible. Uh, I mean, I know that lighting's an issue. I know that clubhouses are an issue. I know that getting TV crews and cameras and stuff to a new location is an issue. But also, these guys have played in these stands before. Right. The, the whole idea that lighting was a safety concern. I mean, come on. If you're letting AAA players play there, it's probably like you let your, for big leagues. You let your players yeah. rehab there. It's. I think that was insane. Yeah. That was clearly not the concern. Like, listen, they're not so playing at Fitzner Stadium. Right. Which, uh, <laughs> if you remember, in 2010, the Nationals would not let Bryce Harper play at Fitzner Stadium. Because it was such a bad stadium. Right. They didn't want him to get hurt. Uh You've got to be adaptable to make this work, uh, and they're going to try and make this work. I, I don't, I don't know what would stop the season at this point. In all honesty, if they can't control an outbreak within a team, I mean, that should really impact the season. Like I am shocked that they played the uh, the Marlins game today. Mm-hmm. I, I guess not shocked. Uh, shocked but not surprised is how people say it. Uh, I can't imagine, given that there was an outbreak on a team, unless they knew where the you know the outbreak came from, which they didn't seem to. And they talked about it all in the sort of you know we accept risk by showing here, uh, by playing the season at all type conversation. But that's not really the question. If you have an unconstrained outbreak on your team, then it's pretty dangerous to play a game. But they played it. Uh, we'll see what happens. I really do hope that they can continue to play this season. Uh, or I, I know that they will try, but I really hope that it doesn't become too much. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, three days in for all the COVID-related news and for all the, you know, the sloppiness of the baseball and the Verlander injury and all that. For all that being said, I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of random games. Yeah, uh, and I don't want that to disappear. So I think that's it. Yeah. Um, what do you think of cutouts or no cutouts? I am fine either way. I like the cutouts. I think the, I don't like what Fox did. Yeah. That was I think I like that they just scrapped it all together for the Nats game, but because the I was watching that Cubs Brewers game. Jesus Christ, I was terrifying. Well, it wasn't just that. They were hovering did. over the seats. It looked so bad. And they didn't have it for every camera. Yeah, angle. it was, it was so for, weird. Like, two camera angles. So I don't know what. Yeah, but I'm on team cutouts. I think the cutouts, I think just having bodies and seats even makes it fake bodies. Even they're fake bodies, it just feels a lot more real. I don't know. I mean, the nice thing about the cutouts is if you're sort of half watching a game as you're like browsing through MLB TV, you don't really notice a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like, like like the A's and Mets are doing the making it fun. Like they're playing dogs. Like the Mets players each yeah. get their dog in the outfield. Yeah. One got hit by baseball yesterday. Jeff McNeil's dog, Willow, got taken down. Yeah, and like the the A's are doing like funny cutouts with like funny things, which I think is fun. And yeah, like we saw this in Korea where they put like stuffed animals in the stands. Yeah, the A's have a bunch of giant stuffed bears in their stands. Mm-hmm. I have as much fun with this as possible. It's supposed to be fun. It's a game. It's a kids' game. Just have fun. Yeah, they're getting paid to play a kids' game, and they're out there and COVID something something, not wear masks. Doctor Fauci something something. Anyway. You saw you threw that pitch to the left. Yeah. I know that the whole meme going around was that uh, he threw it 
far away from Doolittle because he didn't want him to have to catch anything. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. I think that's uh, that's it for us. Right. So hopefully there'll be more baseball next week to talk about. Uh, and if there is, we'll be here. And if there's not, we'll probably be off crying somewhere. Yes. All right. Well, see you next week, hopefully.